Hey guys, it's Melinda and Gina here. Today's episode, it could be a little tough one or one that might be triggering for you. So we just wanted to put a little disclaimer of today's true crime episode. It might be a little bit of a tough one. We do talk about some deep stuff in this week's true crime. But don't let that dissuade you from not listening to the first part of it because it's pretty damn funny. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening and hope you enjoy. Welcome to Blonde Moments Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Vogie. And I'm Melinda Collins. And we're here for another week of stuff. Poop. (laughs) Always poop. I don't think we've talked about poop a lot lately, actually. Maybe not on the podcast, but I talk about it er day. (laughs) Well, you also have a toddler. um, I actually sharted the other day. What was the scenario? It wasn't anything exciting, but I was laying in bed after the gym. I took took a shower. I'm like just in my little thong watching TV. Little toot things coming out. And I was like, oh no. Never trust a fart. <laughs> like, how am I my age and I don't know that already? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's the worst when you have, well, normally you can trust a fart, but if you have any type of diarrhea, you cannot trust a fart, like at all. I didn't think I had any. I mean, I had had coffee, but <laughs> I thought I was in the clear. I actually recently somehow saw an article, and I don't remember how I went down the rabbit hole and found this article, that wombats poop cube-shaped poop. That's Their poop is little cubes. Is this because their anus is shaped differently? I read this big, long article about it that said it had something to do with like a turn in their intestines or something like that, believe. I, I can't remember specifically. It was a really long article. Oh, there really are square turns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I know, isn't it? It's I would just think every animal's sphincter, I would just imagine, would put it into more like round shapes. Yeah, they're cubes. They poop little cubes. And what animal is this? A wombat. A wombat. And those look like koalas, right? Kind of. They're like... Yeah. Okay. That's what I had in my mind. That'd be kind of cool if you could poop square. They can pass up to 100 deposits of poop a night, and they use the piles to mark territory. The shape helps it to stop rolling away. (laughs) Uh, What is that useful for? (laughs) Just for their territory? You'd think that would help them. They'd be able to block off more of their land as their own. They said that the varied elasticity of the intestines helped to sculpt the poop into cubes. So I was right. <laughs> I wonder if anybody's ever tried to have a body transformation to get their intestines or sphincter to allow them to have square poops. I mean, it is kind of interesting. Are you out there? Have you had <laughs> intestinal surgery to change the shape of your little turds? Yeah. And then they use it to mark their territory. <laughs> they stack the cubes. The higher, the better. <laughs> No. <laughs> so as to communicate with and attract other wombats. It, it's like the poop wall story. I was just going to say, man, about. these wombats must live in Michigan. And we're like, this is my territory playing poop Tetris here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to admit, this is really interesting. It is cool. It really is. I have never known that. I Again, I, I would just either. always assume it's like these round rabbits are round. Mm-hmm. They're goats. like little pellets. Yeah. So I just assume. They're kind of cute, these little wombats. They are. They're Australian. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So hopefully we taught you something that you never knew today about wombats, that they have square poop. <laughs> <laughs> They say you can learn something new every day, right? Well, or that's maybe, what we're trying to do for y'all. Yeah. We are teaching you poop facts. Mm-hmm. Maybe you already knew that and you're smarter than me, but this is a new revelation for me. Well, I guess we have talked about poop. We talked about the poop wall. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. I'll stop with the poo talk. <laughs> but actually, I do want to stop talking about poo to talk about one of my favorite subjects, John Bobbitt. Oh my gosh. I thought we had dropped the bobbit. I told you no, because one of our listeners, Linda, sent this in. Oh my God, the latest podcast reminded me of a song that I must have learned in elementary school about the whole bobbit fiasco. Oh no. Sing to the tune of The Lion Sleeps Tonight and Don't Forget Those High Notes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<clears throat> for your ears listening pleasure in the bedroom the mighty bedroom john bobbitt sleeps tonight, tonight. <laughs> in the kitchen the mighty kitchen lorena grabs a, a knife. knife a weenie whack a weenie whack a weenie whack he goes Ooh, she threw it in the grass <laughs> oh my <laughs> Cobs busted her ass. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but she told me that she actually sang it a wiener whack, which I actually prefer that. A wiener whack, a wiener whack, a wiener whack, a wiener whack. Sorry, I hope none of your ears are bleeding at my hot notes. But Man, that that mm-hmm. is great. I wouldn't how had I never heard that? I feel like I had heard that because I was I think in elementary school when that came out. So when I was reading the the email, I was like, oh my God, like I recognize this, but I, I appreciate that. That night after we had recorded, I went to work and pretty much showed everyone that I work with John Bobbitt's penis. Uh-huh. And <laughs> everyone had the same reaction as us. It was terrifying. They were like, what is that? Well, I, I went in Ugh. for a closer look. Someone had asked me to bring it up. I actually watched almost the whole thing, like kind of fast forwarding it because <laughs> I couldn't find the zoomed in images of his penis. I feel like it was just all the women. You just kept seeing the women. There was a couple when she was sucking his dick. Well, that's where I, I finally found it. Yeah. I, I think I had went too far past it and then I, I like got so grossed out again. Yeah. It is is not for me. It's like an ice cream cone. It's not cute. Mm-mm. I I definitely did not need to see that ever again. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely interesting. I think and I was convinced even more after like talking to people at work and watching this porn again. I cannot believe how many times I've looked at this porn to look at this man's dick. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say I've never seen – first of all, I don't really watch porn like ever, maybe like eons ago, but like my life now, yeah. I can't even tell you the last time I've watched porn. Same. But even like back in my days of like my, my early 20s where I thought it was cool to watch porn, I never watched any porn like more than once, right? Like I think it's safe <laughs> to say <laughs> – you start typing anything into your Google and it's like, do you mean Frankenpenis? Right. I think it's safe to say that I have seen the porn Frankenpenis more than any porn in my life. You're like, how do I make carrot cake? How do I watch Frankenpenis well, that yeah, just keeps just coming keeps up for coming you? Up. They're like, well, you've watched it like 50 times. I'm convinced he cannot get fully erect. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. And that has to be from like reattachment or whatever. So one of our other listeners sent in a story too, Abigail. They said, I watched this recently and it's a reenactment of the story and it was very informational if you ladies want to check it out. And it was a Lifetime movie called I Was Lorena Bobbitt. So I haven't watched it yet, but I will because obviously I keep wanting to talk about this. But I started really thinking about this whole situation and it started making me really mad. How does this woman get raped and mentally and physically abused from her husband and then he gets to go and have a porn career right obviously i mean i guess i'm kind of making fun of him okay i'm really she making still fun of wins him. because he has a very ugly penis right but what happened to her is not fair yeah right like if all this i i have not delved into the story that much so i would like to watch the documentary as well too but if all this stuff is true that she was you know sexually abused physically abused it's awful mm-hmm. awful and it's like how like i feel like this is and probably it's a testament to the the 90s you know i feel like if this happened now i don't think this he would have gotten to have this career after that honestly yeah but it makes me sad to know like back then like this woman really was a victim mm-hmm. and he gets to go on and have a porn career like i how think he only made two films still she, yeah. You know what I mean, though? It's like he's still being almost glorified. And he's making a profit off of it. Yes, exactly my yeah. point. So I wish that he would have had to have done some hard labor or something and then had to pay her, you know. Just- well, because Ron Jeremy produced, mm-hmm. I think, I know for sure one of the porns. I don't know about both it was, of them. It was Frankenpenis. Oh, okay. Yeah. So clearly he got paid some dollars right. to That's make exactly it. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. I, you know, he made lemonade out of lemons, but it's like he didn't deserve that. No, he so did not. even though we're talking about it, I really am making fun of him. 
Yeah. I mean, clearly we're making fun of his penis for sure. I just hope that every time you've watched it, he doesn't make like a dollar from it. Because, <laughs> man, he's going to be a millionaire. <laughs> he's going to show up at my house. Like, thank you for your donation. Because nobody's watched that porn in fucking 20 years. <laughs> And tell us. He's going to find you like, oh, she's in love with me. She's watched my porn she so likes, many times. She likes my Franken penis. She keeps <laughs> pausing it. <laughs> she wants to, to be zoomed in. Uh. <laughs> he is, he's going to show up on your doorstep. Number one fan. Oh, my gosh. A weenie. With a signed weenie. copy of Franken penis. <laughs> Uh, maybe he was actually the dildo cast for that Franken penis because you can see the scar on the side. Yeah, that's. Uh, that's I one. mean, Mm-mm. if my my husband, if some tragedy happened where, like, let's say a tractor accident or a farm, you know what, like a farming accident, something like that, I would be able to look past the scar. But knowing, like, this guy was an awful person, it drove this woman so mad, she actually cut off his dick. I Mm -mm. That thing would not be anywhere near my mouth or vagina. No. Nah. I don't think the girls who were licking it wanted to be doing. That's why they were more (laughs) interested in each other. I know. All right. Well, let's move the fuck on from John Bobbitt, shall we? Nah. (laughs) So speaking of songs, this reminds me of a little fun story that a listener sent in to us. Well, she sent it to my personal Insta. You got problems with me? (laughs) She slid in my DM. What the hell? Uh, So it's from Sarah. She said, hey, Gina, huge fan of Blonde Moments. I was going down a stoned rabbit hole, which I love. <laughs> Hopefully it was a good edible. That's why it was in your DM. Exactly. <laughs> See? I'm not mad at you anymore, Sarah. <laughs> and I came across this, and I instantly thought of you and your McDonald's glass collection. Uh-oh. And I was like, what? where is this going to go? Hope you found them as confusing as I did. I went as far as watching a minute of their music video. Anyways, keep making people smile, Sarah. Well, I watched more than a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a half an hour of my life that I will never get back watching several videos of Mac Sabbath. Oh. You've heard so that correctly. It- Mac Sabbath. So is this heavy metal? It is heavy metal, but specifically, they're an American parody heavy metal tribute band formed in LA in California in 2014. I mean, I guess everyone knows LA is in California. Nope, I had no clue. Thank you for informing me. So it's like Black Sabbath meets McDonald's? They're primarily a parody of English heavy metal group Black Sabbath utilizing lyricism and imagery centered on fast food. (laughs) Oh my God. So I'm going to go ahead and allow you. This was my personal favorite of all of them. Pair of buns. Ooh, of course this is your favorite. Ooh. <laughs> Warning, if you're scared of clowns, this might not be a video I didn't for like you to that. watch. And there's claymation, which I don't like either. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. But like there were You'll words. have to read me the lyrics. Basically, pass the ketchup. <laughs> All day long, we slaughter things, trying to make you satisfied. We use feed that grows a cow or chicken twice than half its size. These people sound angry. They're mad. Scratch the tumor on my brain. Oh, my Lord. So it's very interesting. And there's even one called Frying Pan, which I couldn't find anything but a live version. (laughs) How many mullets and acid-washed jeans do we see? This is scary. There's like Grimace, who looks like a California raisin Mm almost. It's very scary. And they're really using Black Sabbath music. Yeah. Iron Man. 
Yeah. Now that song, we when we would go roller skating, because I went to Alternative Night because I was super cool, we would sing, I am Iron Man running through the forest with my dick in my hand. And we thought we were so funny. <laughs> well, apparently Ozzy Osbourne has met this band and like did some sponsoring for them and just thinks they're great, thinks they're funny. But even better, McSabbath is going on a 2021 U.S. tour. Okay. So if you are interested in cities near you. Are they anywhere near us? September 8th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Where are they playing? (laughs) Where are they playing? Riverside? Shank Hall? Oh... I don't even know where that is. That's fitting. We should go see them. I feel like we should. (laughs) Let's do it. Honestly, September 8th. September 8th, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I feel like we should go see Max Sabbath. (laughs) Putting it in my calendar right now. Oh, guess what day of the week that is? What? It's a Wednesday. (laughs) Perfect. Even better. We're going. I'm going to request that day off of work today. I'm putting it in my phone. Max Sabbath Mac concert. Sabbath. This is happening. We will live stream. We will. We're going to go see Max Sabbath. I mean, what the hell? Why not? Who knew that there was a McDonald's Black Sabbath-based cover band that sings about food? Who knew? I mean, I'm never surprised. Ever. She said, because I said, good news, they're coming to Milwaukee in September. (laughs) She said, I saw that. What an absolute trip that would be watching them live. Well, we're going to find out. I think this will be my first edible experience watching. Yes. (laughs) We're totally going to eat some edibles and go get terrified at this show. She said, I don't know if I'd be scared or entertained. Honestly, I think some of both. I think there'll be some scary moments, some entertaining moments. The fact that these people are touring means they have some sort of following. Yes. This will be, even the people watching, I can't imagine this will be pretty good. Oh, there is like tons of tour dates. You know, we, you know what? We will help you all out. We will put a post up with their tour dates. So if you want to go see Max Sabbath, you know, you can go see them as well, too. Maybe you can invite your new boyfriend, John, around. Oh, my God. John Bobbitt. Ugh. He's going to be turned off when he finds out I like McSabbath. <laughs> He'll show up at your door and be like, as a matter of fact, do you want to come to a concert with me? We're going to see Max Sabbath. I just don't. Yeah, their costumes are weird. It's there's creepy. one that's Grimace. There's one that's Ronald. There's one that's Hamburglar. Is it, are they just trying to provide a specific message or is it just a gag? I think it's just a gag. I think. I, I, I don't know. A gag. Did I say gag? I sound so Wisconsin. Well, let me tell you that it's, yeah, there's a video of Ozzy meeting Max Sabbath as well, too. I still never can believe that when you hear Ozzy Osbourne talking and then you hear him singing that it's the same person. Yeah, I agree. Well, today is our true crime episode, and I found this crazy freaking story. Crazier Uh, than Max Sabbath? That is a good story. but this I do like collecting my McDonald's glasses. I'm still looking maybe, for Ronald. Maybe you can bring them and have them sign it. But they're not the real deal. It's just a thought. I know. Don't have to snap on They me. might take it and break it. They look angry. That's true. But not if you're asking for their autograph. They can't be mean then. They have to be yeah. nice, right? Like you're a fan. We paid money to come to your show. You sign my damn glass. Yeah. Rude. Sign my fucking glass, McSabbath. Yeah. What are their, Do they have what their names are? Like each individual character? I don't know. I didn't even look up like their Instagram. That's what I should. Oh, I'm sorry. Sarah also said, I honestly look forward to every Monday listening, laughing hysterically to blonde moments. You two have my kind of humor. I love how you never hold back on your true selves. That vulnerability. Why is vulnerability hard for me to say? Vulnerability. Hooks me in every time. Thank, Thank you. you. We yeah. do have a weird sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say weird. We're a little off brand. We're a little off. Fine. Thank you for saying me too, Sarah, because I I was a little butt hurt there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. She actually met you at one of the challenge or one of the. Oh yes. Okay, I love you. I totally remember who you are. I see. Yeah, she said I, she met you a few years back at a Challenge Mania show, which was awesome. It was a shit ton of fun. I want to. Was see- that the one in? Um, that was Chicago. 
Oh, was it Chicago? It was. Is that the one that I was at or I met you there? Mm-hmm. Where Wes made us order $300 worth of Wendy's? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so Wes, um, the, I don't remember when it was. It was a few months ago. But he he brought up something on Instagram. And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, my favorite West story was from when we were at this Challenge Mania. And we were, <laughs> we were feeling pretty good. We were drunk. And Chris, your husband, was the driver. He was okay. He, was he wasn't not hammered. But we were walking to the parking structure where you're all, where you're all parked. And so we can go back to the hotel. And what, there was this woman who was in the middle of the sidewalk in a Mercedes Benz trying to pull out of oh, an I alley. And Wes just literally like police slides over the hood of her car. <laughs> and she just looked like, what the fuck? It was the funniest thing to me and Gina we could not stop laughing for a solid hour we were laughing so hard our husbands were very annoyed by they us were. because seriously an hour later we were still we're still the- laughing because it was funny it was like- <laughs> but then he makes us go to Wendy's because we're all hungry and also I think my husband was annoyed because he wasn't drinking right and we were right he what did he say that he wanted us to order slutty yes <laughs> a slutty order and that just means like order everything. Yeah. So we ordered over $300 worth of Wendy's, which let me tell you is actually really fucking hard to do. <laughs> and the lady at Wendy's was so annoyed with us. And then it was we, probably like right at close too. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and then we, Wes checked all the bags to make sure all which took a while too. And then we had so much food that we brought back to the hotel. But when we walked in the hotel, other people were like, oh my God, you guys got Wendy's. And pulled so we up a chair it. and yeah. sat down. I mean, I can't eat more than just like a sandwich and some fries, you yeah, know. No. But that's one of my fa- – I have so many West stories, but that was one of my favorites because I could not stop laughing. It the was one on of those giggle face. fits yeah. where you're just like – you think about it again and you just uncontrollably laugh because seeing her face, the fact that he yes. did this to a Mercedes Benz, it was funny. <laughs> well, anywho, I looked up the members of Mac Sabbath. There oh. is Ronald Osborne. Of course. Slayer McCheese. Oh my gosh. Grimalus and Cat Burglar. <laughs> but it doesn't say their real names. Well, I wanted to know what their character names oh, were. Oh, okay. And there's an associated act called Rosemary's Billy Goat. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Maybe they're good. I'll have before I say anything, I should listen to what they're Oh, there's another one, the Radioactive Chicken Heads. I mean, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> they are from 90, they formed in 1993. They operate anonymously under the guise of mutant chickens and vegetables. <laughs> My gosh. Is this like an underground thing? <laughs> the name of one of their, uh, their albums is Tales from the Coop. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, their Instagram, they have 16.2 thousand followers. So their bio says, Psychotic Clown and his band of Monsanto mutants form a wormhole in outer space here to save you from the current state of food and music. Okay. I need to be saved from that. I'm going to go out, eat McDonald's, and listen to Max Sabbath. I just, I am, I have so many questions. (laughs) But I can tell you for one thing, we are going to the show. We're going to go. <laughs> so do we have to like dress up a certain way? Even better. I'm dressing up as Ronald. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you should be the Hamburglar. <laughs> or maybe vice versa. I don't know. You want to be Ronald, I'll be Hamburglar. Oh, man. I don't know. I'm going to look this up. I'm going to look up like how, how do you dress for a Max Sabbath concert? I feel like dressing like Ronald and Hamburglar would be appropriate. <laughs> I just cannot with this. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, for providing us with endless hours of sure to be looking this up still. Melinda's still looking. We could just get Max Sabbath t-shirts. I mean, I'm sure we can. I'm sure they have like they merch. They do. They look like band t-shirts. Yeah. Let's just do that. Let's get some merch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, the shit that's out there, I feel like I'm always and never surprised. Yeah. I oh, mean, they have a coloring book? Hey, I like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. I'm just trying to see if there's groupies. Oh, for sure. Any band has groupies. For sure. There's Max you know, Sabbath. I fucked groupies. last night. Ronald Osborne, <laughs> the lead singer of Max Sabbath. I mean, do you have to have sex in like a pile of Big Mac sauce? Ooh, or a pile of French fries. Actually, that doesn't sound quite bad. Roll over and eat one. Mm. You're getting it from behind. You're just eating some fries. That, yes. Mm -hmm. Bring that on. I'm all about food and sex. I I don't think I've ever really done it, but I would be open to that. I feel like you need to. I feel like you need to. Put like fries in between my toes and you can eat them out. Mm. Mm. I like that. Put a fry in my pussy. Eat it. Well, Okay. Just, I knew you had to take it there. You, we can't go one episode without you saying that Put word. Put a fry in my booty holes. Suck it out. <laughs> the little dipping sauce. <laughs> okay. So today's episode is our true crime. We're getting back on track here. We swear. I'm trying. <laughs> so I found this story. It says, Bruce Andrew Roberts was a wealthy recluse in the Greenwich neighborhood of Sydney, Australia. His property was known as the Creepy House on the Corner. He was a chronic hoarder, and his house was riddled with boxes, broken equipment, newspapers, and trash when he died at age 60 in 2017. What the neighbors didn't know was that his house also contained the mummified corpse of a man he had murdered in 2002. Oh, no. The victim was 39-year-old Shane Snellman. Placed into a Catholic convent as a child, he was raised across several boys' homes. He had delved into some serious crimes at age 15. He allegedly killed a homeless man. He was acquitted, but he struggled with drug use and was in and out of jail as an adult. Estranged from his family, he had most recently been released from jail in June 2002 after a long stint for drug supply. That October, he broke into Robert's home and was shot dead. Roberts covered his body with a rug and moved it to a spare bedroom where it stayed for the next 15 years. Oh my God, just in a rug in the bedroom? Mm-hmm. He didn't even try to hide it, put in a crawl I mean, space, I something. I think he was a hoarder, so it probably just kept getting pushed back. But that I mean, he- so, That had to smell so fucking bad. Ugh. <sighs> Oh my God, that is so fucking disgusting. You know, the new season of Hoarders is on Netflix right now, and I have been hooked watching it. I haven't watched that in so long. I just, I don't understand how people get to the point, because a lot of it is trash. Like, how do you get to the point where you just don't even throw away trash anymore? And not just not throw away trash, like every day for years, not throw away trash. It's just a mental illness. To the point where your whole house is filled with it. And then there's always rodents and rats and dead, rat dead feces. Dead bugs and dead insects. Ugh. Or these people collect stuff and they're like, oh, I'm going to sell it. But there it's still sitting you know, in a box 10, 15 years later. And it's like, they don't understand that this thing doesn't have any value anymore. Right. That maybe it did 10, 15 years ago, but it doesn't anymore. And I mean, it's after trash. Wa- after watching those episodes, they have like an emotional attachment to everything. Everything. And it's very sad. And what I like about hoarders is they tell like the backstory behind these. A lot of people, a lot of them do, you trauma. know, their trauma, mm-hmm. depression, loneliness, you know. So it is sad, but mm-hmm. man, like I can't imagine how bad those houses stink. And then like this guy, dead body in there like what the heck right for 15 years too oh my god so it said that the neighbors had called the police to perform a welfare check because they had noticed that his mail was piling up in front of his house the police went in there found him dead on top of a live heater decomposing and badly burnt they said he was an extreme hoarder the constable there said he'd never seen anything like it. As we walked into the front door of the address, there were immediately items stacked from floor to ceiling. It was evident he never threw anything out at all. Yeah, they don't. So Usually they don't have working toilets even. Right. Like the one I was watching mm-hmm. this week, the woman was using like a paint bucket to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. This is what's crazy about it. It took a full year of them cleaning this place out to be able to even find Snellman. They found him with his back against a couch leaning slightly to the left with a gunshot wound to the neck. He was still wearing his clothes from 2002 and the last time anyone had seen him alive. And they did a DNA test and, you know, proved who it it was. I mean, they also had to rely on visible tattoos and any remaining fingerprints. Oh, my gosh. I mean, he was probably just like mummified. 
Yep, that's what they said. I mean, uh, so I just think it's crazy that like Bruce had this person trying to rob his house and break in and he kills him. And it's like the cops probably would have just considered it self-defense. Oh, I'm sure. What but he cra- was like, now forget it. This is part of my horde now. <laughs> you now belong to me. You belong to the house. <laughs> literally. I mean, literally with all the other stuff. That is just insane. I mean, the thought of even the woman in the steel drum, you know, she's like confined and everything. And the thought of even that being in your house would, ugh, much less living in a house where the person's just decomposing. Yeah, because that had to smell so bad. No, thanks. I'm Mm -mm. good. I'm all set. Well, it can't be a week or two that goes by where we don't have a Florida man or woman story. So Chico sent (laughs) sent one to us. He said, oh boy, Florida never sleeps. And I said, never. Florida never, ever sleeps, Mm -mm. Chico. Have you, Chico, have you been to Florida? I bet he has. So I really like this one, actually. It's a Florida woman (laughs) in Ocala, Florida, which isn't that far from the Tampa area. I've been to Ocala as well. Earlier this week, a 53-year-old woman got naked (laughs) <laughs> climbed up on the bar of a restaurant and started destroying glasses and liquor bottles. <laughs> the police arrived and confronted the woman. The officer ended up having to tase the naked lady before the arrest. <laughs> I would love to see a naked woman be tased. Well, there's photos. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> or there's photos of her on the bar, at least. She was charged with criminal mischief and aggravated battery against a police officer. You can see pictures of the incident below, as well as a link to a very, <laughs> ooh, not safe for work video of the incident that's, on Reddit. That's what I'm here for. Here's the woman naked on the bar. <laughs> I just imagine her getting tased and like titties flying everywhere. It's just her throwing stuff naked on the bar. Is she the same lady that was at your restaurant? <laughs> oh, she's on a mission. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see her get tased. I don't care about that. Everyone's <laughs> videoing her. <laughs> she's just like <laughs> fucking chucking Dude, shit. She's just whipping that stuff backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What drug variety is this one? I have no idea. Bath salts, fentanyl. <gasps> oh, the cops are there now. Look, she's throwing some at the cops. Bottles. They told her to get on the ground, but she ain't. Oh, she's about to get down. Oh, just... <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to uh, see. No. Rewind that shit for me. Uh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just straight down. Man. Florida. Oh, my God. I mean, clearly she's on something. Yes. She's on some drugs, kids. This is why you don't do drugs. She's having a wonderful day. Yeah, I wonder if Chico knows there was a video. You'll have to find or have to let him know. That was entertaining. I did not know until pulling up the article because I sometimes I wait to read them till Mm -hmm. we're together, like fully. Mm -hmm. Me too, because I want my reaction too. Yeah. Wow. So if y'all are interested, yeah, there is a full on (laughs) naked woman just chucking bottles and getting tased. tased. Florida. Well, I have a Florida story for you as well. Let's see. (laughs) This was sent in by my mom. It said, Doogie Yowza, Florida teen who pretended to be a doctor is arrested for giving medical exam to undercover cop a year after he posed as a gynecologist. Oh, no. Malachi Love Robinson, who was 18, posed as a doctor in West Palm Beach. The teenager was caught weeks after he opened his own medical office. How does that happen? Yeah, how? He was arrested after giving medical advice to an undercover agent. He was released on a $21,000 bond on charges of practicing medicine without a license, fraud, and grand theft. Last year, he was caught in an exam room at St. Mary's Medical Center, and he was also cited for posing as a massage therapist without a license. But look at this kid. He looks like a baby. 
Oh my god! Like, how are you? I just think of like a gynecologist. Like, he has to go to medical school, then he has to go to his specialty school. Yeah, you right? would think this kid looks like he's like 15 years old. Yeah, that is scary. That is very scary. And that's why I don't go to male gynecologists. But man, Florida just—it's all the time. Good old Florida. I, I do love you, Florida. I do. I hold a special place in my heart for you. But yeah, it's those are my people. Not all of them, but some of them are my people. <laughs> They're still your people. You know, part of me will always be a Floridian because I lived there for 13 years and, you know, had a lot of good times there. I have a lot of good friends there that I love dearly. But yeah, Florida, you do never sleep. That's for sure. I feel like you always have to have a disclaimer. Like you feel so bad Cause talking Because I shit. do. Because yeah. it's always in Florida so funny. Well, I'll start with my story for today. This is one I wanted to share for a long time. I was going to do the nurse that we had talked about a little bit before, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, you know what? I've been itching to just get this one out there because it's such a crazy freaking story to me. So let's get going. Let's do it. This takes place in Pepperell, Massachusetts in the fall of 1986. The Andrews family were in mourning of Deborah, who was the two daughters, Jessica, who was 15, and Annie, who was eight, their mother, and then the husband obviously was mourning his wife as well. They were a very super close family and were taking it hard that she had passed. Frank, or maybe his name is Brian. Now, the reason why I say this is the show that I watched was Your Worst Nightmare, and they call him Frank, but everything I found online, his name is Brian. Hmm. So I'm not 100% sure on what that's all about. He was a bus driver. He spent a lot of time at work. So he was supporting the family after his wife had passed. So the girls were home alone a lot. Annie had met this guy, uh, not in person, but somehow this guy named Danny LaPlante had started calling her. And she was under the assumption that this guy was calling her because like a friend of a friend gave her the the phone number and thought maybe like they'd be good together. 15, you don't care. A guy's paying you attention. It's like, all right. Or maybe that was just me. (laughs) Uh, He described himself as an athlete. He went to a different school. He considered himself to be very handsome. And Annie was like, oh, I like what this guy has to say about himself. But she's never seen him? She'd never seen him. Okay. So Danny asked her to get ice cream with him on the weekend. And she agreed to go out on a date with him. And when Danny shows up at her door, she was very surprised that this wasn't the guy that she had pictured in her mind. He, He's not attractive. He doesn't look like an athlete. No. He had like super greasy hair, a lot Ugh. of acne. He was shorter than he claimed. Just not at all who he had described himself to And I'm sorry, what year was this? 90, 1986. Okay. I was three. <laughs> <laughs> Very important Very detail important to note here. For this specific, specific case. Thing. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> So they're out for ice cream and she started getting really weird vibes from him because he would make jokes about her mother's death. Then he seemed to just keep asking her questions about her mother's death and she was like, uh. Yeah, red flag city. One and done on this date. So she decided that she wasn't ever going to see him again. I don't blame her. I wouldn't want to either. Yeah, like who makes a joke about someone's mother passing? Yeah. One night in June of 1987, the sisters decided to try a seance to try to speak to their mother. The girls were certain during the seance that their mother was contacting them. What they showed on the show was, I don't know what they're called, but it's like the crystal that's hanging from the string. Mm -hmm. And you just ask it yes or no questions. And then it's supposed to move a certain way if it means yes or no. So they could see that this crystal was moving. So they're like, mom, awful acting in this show. They always are. This was one of the worst, in my opinion. Back in my day, we just used the Ouija board. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do people still use those? Uh Uh-huh. They still sell them, so they must. While they're doing the seance, the father totally scared the crap out of them, interrupting their seance, and he was like, enough with this bullshit. Like, you're not going to be able to contact your mother. Mm -hmm. But the girls started noticing really weird things that were happening around the house. They would hear knocking on doors when they'd go and like look at the door. There was nobody there. So they kept thinking like this was their mom contacting them. Oh my gosh. A lot of nights they'd be woken up by thumping in the house, knocking noises on the walls. Even one time Annie was talking to the wall saying, whoever you are, I dare you to tap again. And then they heard tapping. (gasps) Please don't tell me it's this greasy man in the house. I'll have nightmares. 
Well, you're going to have nightmares. Oh, my God. The phone would ring all the time. And you have to think, that I mean, it's a 15-year-old and an 8-year-old home alone. This, <laughs> this shit would freak me out. Me too. I would be even so as a, scared. Even as a grown woman, this would I, freak yeah, me out. Yeah, it would freak me out. The girls would tell their father what they heard, saying that they thought it was their mother, but their dad was like, I don't, I think you guys are grieving in a weird way. He had never heard any of the noises, so he thought that they were imagining things. But while they're home alone, the noises kept happening. There was banging on pipes. Lights would flick on and off. Things would be moved in different rooms. The doorbell would ring. One day, they could hear this banging noise from the basement. So Annie grabs a butcher knife from the kitchen, and she was going to go into the basement to figure out what the hell this noise was, which this girl has bigger balls than, than me. me. Yeah, I would... I would be like leaving the house, not going to see what it was. Hell no. It's like your typical horror film. You know, they're going towards whatever. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. run away. Once in the basement, the girls continue to hear the banging noise and they turn around and see writing and red on the wall that says, I'm in your room. Come find me. <gasps> no. They called their dad and told them what they found. He was like, oh, shit. So he comes home. He sees the writing, and he was like, okay, we're calling the cops. Yeah. So when the cops get there, they look at the writing, and it was done in ketchup. So they were like, girls, stop playing games. You know, they stopped believing that something was going on. So they thought it was them. Mm Mm-hmm. The girls said that they hadn't done it, but their dad was in disbelief and actually had cons- like told them, I think you both need to go into therapy. The dad thought maybe it was just a phase or how they were coping, but December of 1987, the girls were alone watching a movie and they hear some knocking from upstairs. They go upstairs, which again, big balls on these girls yeah. here, and on a mirror, they see writing in red that says, I'm back, find me. And at this point, if I were these girls, like you'd feel like you can't tell your dad or the right. cops because they're just going to blame you. Nobody's going to believe you. Yeah. They run downstairs, and when they run downstairs, they see a photo that was hung on the wall with a butcher knife. And I believe it was a picture of the girl, of Annie. Oh, my gosh. So the girls are like, uh, nah, we're getting out of here. So they run next door to a neighbor's house, and they call their dad. And when the dad gets there, the neighbor's like, the, your daughters are saying really weird stuff. They're describing what they just saw in the house. And Frank, or Brian, goes into the house to try to figure out what the hell's going on. The TVs were on, all of them, full blast. And he notices two glasses of champagne were poured. He goes upstairs, and on a mirror, he sees the note. He turns to his left, and he sees the TV on in one of the rooms to, like, the snow, you know, like the black mm-hmm. and white. On the mirror behind the TV said, marry me. He turns the other direction, and there is a person standing in front of him with his back to him in a wedding gown. Oh, my. With a wig. God. Wearing makeup, holding an axe. Oh, my God. He didn't say anything. So Frank nopes out of there, runs downstairs, gets his girls. They go to the neighbor's house, call 911. Turns out. This fucking guy was wearing the deceased wife's wedding (gasps) gown. Oh, my gosh. So the cops go inside to get the perp. They start checking closets, cabinets. They're looking everywhere. They're not able to figure out where this person is hiding. And one of the cops moves this bookshelf away from the wall, and they see a small door, a crawl space. And when he flashed his flashlight in front of it, he could see a little bit of movement behind this door. Oh, hell to the motherfucking no. I mean, like, my heart, even the police officer, my heart would be pounding out of my chest. Yeah. So the man starts moving out of the crawl space and was told to place his hands in the air and move slowly. The cop asked what he was doing there, and the guy said, ask Annie. It was Danny LaPlante. Oh. He was literally living in the walls. That's fucking terrifying. So behind the dryer in the basement, they found wrappers and lights. It seemed like he had been living in the crawl space for months. He would watch them through the vents. Oh, my God. He was 16 years old. <gasps> he was How charged. Did, where was his family? How did they not notice that he was gone, that he was disappeared, living in someone else's walls? I did do some research into his backstory. It seemed like he had a very awful, abusive childhood i mean i will talk about his mom a little bit here but i just think it was just 
who cares? Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? I would never, it would take me so long to get over that knowing that somebody was staring at me, watching me mm-hmm. that that long. What I'm a like, feeling of violation. Ugh, I mean, ugh. this is so fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. So he was charged with breaking and entering, armed with an assault weapon, and injury to property, and armed burglary. They took him to a juvenile detention facility. One month after the incident, the Andrews started packing. They were going to move to New Hampshire, which I would have to get the hell out of that house I would myself. not be able to stay in that house. October of 1987, the court decided to treat him as an adult, and his mother, they put a bond on him, but his mother posted a $10,000 bond, so he was out on bond. He was living with his mother and stepdad. Within weeks, Danny targeted a new family. Oh, no. Priscilla Gustafson was pregnant, and her two children, who were five and eight, were murdered in their home. <gasps> She was shot twice in the head. She was found face down in bed, pillows covered in blood, and she had also been raped. He drowned both of the children in separate bathrooms. The detective who came into their home saw drinks on the table and also had noted the way the blood was like splattered and kind of, he just noticed a lot of similarities in between what happened in the Andrews case. I guess Danny kind of had like an MO, how he would place things around is kind of what I got from this, even though... They're describing blood. I don't think there was there wasn't blood with the Andrews house. So I don't know. But however it happened, this detective was like, I have a feeling Danny LaPlante has something to do with this. Maybe the ketchup. Maybe there was something sim- sure. similar with the ketchup. Wasn't very clear, but the crazy thing is Danny LaPlante lived directly behind the Gustafson home. So the detectives go there to pay him a visit. His mother answers the door and she starts yelling for Danny in the house and the detectives hear a door slam and they see Danny running away. They chased after him on foot. Apparently he was aware the cops were after him because he had heard that they found the, you know, the people in the Gustafson house. So he took off and the cops were not able to get him. Oh, my gosh. Frank Andrews gets the news that Danny LaPlante murdered. Okay, at least they suspect that he murdered this family and he's on the loose. Oh, no. They're still living in their home because they're packing to leave. Mm -hmm. And so he's like freaking out. Like I would be, too. I mean, for me, I would be like, this is the first place he's going to go. Yeah. Even knowing he was out on bail, I would think he was coming directly to my home. Yeah. He's like freaking out. He wasn't sure if he wanted to tell his kids right away. He was super on edge. But I feel like I'd have to let my girls know so they can be aware. Yeah. And be on the lookout. Mm-hmm. A manhunt ensues. The town was super locked down. Everybody knew that he was on the run. Eight miles outside of Pepperell in a lumberyard, Daniel was spotted. They even did like a helicopter overhead to try to find him. But while searching, they made it seem like they were done scoping out the place, had the helicopter back off, and searching the premises, they were able to find Danny in a dumpster. When they arrested him, he was laughing. Mm. They took him in, and police were able to recover a hair from Abigail Gustafson on his sock. One year later, he was sentenced to three consecutive life sentences. In March of 2017, he asked for a reduction in his sentence considering he was a minor at the time, but he was not successful in this because he was evaluated by a psychiatrist and was shown that he was not remorseful for his crimes. Ugh, what a sicko. That is a messed up story. I can't believe his mom paid for his bond. Like, she didn't give a shit up about him, but she paid for his bond. And then he got out and killed that family. Mm-hmm. And, like, that poor, innocent family and, like, the fact that those kids were drowned ugh, just makes me so sick. Yeah. I mean, the one thing is, like, the mom was shot in the head, but, like, those poor kids seriously suffered. Yeah. But the backstory for for Danny, um, he had a miserable, traumatic childhood. He was abused physically, psychologically, and sexually by his father and stepfather. He was considered to be creepy, weird. He always came to school smelling bad, wearing dirty clothes. His classmates didn't like him because of that. In his early teens, he began seeing a psychiatrist. They diagnosed him with hyperactivity disorder. But instead of treating him, the psychiatrist began sexually abusing him. So he had a pretty messed up life and that's even more reason why like we need to take mental health so seriously nowadays it's like look at what this i'm not taking danny's side but like look at the things that this kid went through as a kid how do you expect him to turn out normal right i mean he has nobody in his corner and people are just abusing him every which way so it's it's a pretty crazy story but 
That I mean, is the creepiest. I this story is going to give me nightmares. Is what it's going to do. You're welcome. <laughs> it wasn't it the show called Nightmare Next Door. It is your worst nightmare. Or your worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah, that's your worst nightmare. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thought of going upstairs and you see somebody standing there in a wedding dress and they like turn around and they're holding an axe. Yeah, that is your worst nightmare. Yeah. Oh my god. And your poor girls were home alone all that all time, the time with this time with and, and and they didn't believe them at first. <sighs> yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I this one bothers me. <laughs> so my true crime, I actually hated the episode of Forensic Files that I watched okay. and picked, and so I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna scratch the whole thing. It was dumb. It was monotonous, and I didn't have time to watch another one. So, so you're still doing it? <laughs> no, oh. I'm not. So somebody had asked me to cover Lisa Snyder, and there's no shows about this yet because it's just happened in 2019. Okay. So I'm going to discuss Lisa Snyder. I'm not. I don't think I'm familiar with this. I was not either, and I'll have to find who sent this to me because they sent it my personal to cover her again. Y'all don't like me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, they had actually sent this to me in like December, and I was like, I read the story, and I was like, I don't want to cover this during the holidays. Oh yeah, I remember you talking about this because it was it's a little dark. Yes, I remember you saying that. I'm like, I'm not covering because I think it was going to come out the week before Christmas or right yes. after, and you're like, I'll just wait on this. One. Yeah, I okay. was like, we're not talking about this during Christmas. It's not. Mm-mm. But in June, have at it. Have at it. <laughs> If it's warm and sunny out, you can handle things You can better. handle things like this. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So Lisa Snyder, she is 37 years old. She's from Pennsylvania, and she has been accused of having sex with her family pit bull and oh. then fatally hanging her two young children, <gasps> which I hate this oh part. Oh, my God. And sex with her dog. I just... That... I... Very confused about this still. Prosecutors in the case are seeking capital murder charges for Snyder over the death of her son, Connor, eight, and daughter, Brinley, four, who died in the basement of their Berks County residence in 2019. In a recent development, Snyder wants her internet searches to be kept away from the jury, which I don't believe that that should... Agreed. Agreed. Especially if she's trying to plead insanity. These are very important. That means it's premeditated. Premeditated, It wasn't like a bout of temporary insanity. She reportedly Googled the term, I almost got away with it, from a TV series that profiled criminals who evaded justice for years, sometimes decades, until the law caught up with them. Her attorneys said that these could be perceived as lewd and unduly offensive. The lawyers also said that handing her previous browses searches over would be making jurors like unfair, like prejudice against her. Um, You killed your two children. Really? Yeah. I, I, I think that these internet searches are very important. They and are. I don't believe that that's gone, like that that's been found yet, whether they're going to leave them out. So this is one that I want to like keep up oh, on still and going see what on. happens. Yeah. Her children were found hanging by a dog leash with two <sighs> wooden dining room chairs found knocked over nearby. I just don't understand how people can look at their children and do something like that. I don't either. When There's my son stubs no his toe, way. my heart breaks. I yeah. feel awful. No. Previous court papers um, show that she allegedly Googled carbon monoxide in a car, how long to die, I wish yourself. she would have done that because at least it would have just been like falling asleep. I mean, what yeah. she did is awful. Terrible. And again, the Ugh. I almost got away with it best episodes in the weeks before the deaths. She also ordered a dog leash using her phone weeks prior to the murders as well, too, which to me, all of this shows premeditation. (sighs) Her lawyers claim that she has a chronic history of severe mental disorders. Um, They added that the illness gave her a desire to protect her children from feelings of abandonment and or to alleviate the painful feelings and situations that they were experiencing at the time. They've also requested that she be tried in her home county and for the bestiality charge to be tried separately from the murder count. Prosecutors have opposed both requests. Why would that need to be considered separate too? I don't don't understand. I mean, because it just shows you this person is like... Yeah. Capable of some weird shit. Of doing anything. Can you imagine being the attorneys hired to defend this woman? I couldn't do it. I literally couldn't do it. I'd be like, you're going to have to find somebody else. I could, because of the children especially. Especially. There's no way. I mean, that's, that's pure evil. It's 100% pure evil. 
Snyder has been charged with first I and mean, third degree murder. And she, you kill your children. How do you not kill yourself? I yeah, I, this yeah. is fucked up. I'm like sorry. the motive behind this, I don't understand. Like I, I don't understand what motive she had to kill her children, other than she suffered from I clearly severe mental health disorders. But I don't understand this. Do you know how they found out about her doing her dog? How? I believe that's in here. I okay. believe that's covered. I read several articles on this and tried to pick the best one that kind of covered everything. Yeah. Because I really do want to keep up on this and find I mean, out just, what happens. How do you find out about that? Like, does she just admit to it? Uh, oh, fuck. this one is so gross to me. It's so gross. Ugh. She actually called the police, from what I understand, and the police came there and the children were still barely alive but not conscious, and they were taken to the hospital and put on life support and taken off of life support three days later. Oh, my God. Like, okay, so does it – I'm sorry. I know I keep interrupting you. That's okay. Where is the father? They. I have not seen anything about the father in any of these articles at all. Um, and she also claimed that – Connor claimed that he was being bullied, and that was like – she tried to say that Connor committed suicide and didn't want to die alone – and so that he hung his sister before he hung himself. But uh, an occupational therapist who worked with Connor told investigators that the boy had physical disabilities that would make it impossible for him to work the clasps on the dog leash. So that squasher claimed that it was Connor's attempt of ending his life after being bullied. She had told a 9-1 dispatcher that to try to make it look like a suicide. Police have viewed multiple videos that state that opposite of Connor was seen laughing alongside his, you know, friends, and then teachers saying that he was, you know, a great student, and he was a happy kid and had a lot of friends. So it didn't appear to anybody that he was being bullied. While investigating the death... Yeah, exactly. While investigating the deaths, detectives discovered sexually explicit photos and videos of Lisa having sex with the dog. Oh, my God. A black pit bull mix weighing 50 pounds that she said she'd given away, prompting animal cruelty charges that she faces as well, too. And hearings are all set for this. So I'm going to keep up with this. I really hope this woman, I think they're trying for the death sentence for her. And I'm going to be honest, I hope she gets it. Yeah, I hope so, too. It's all premeditated. What she was looking at is extremely important to this case to yeah, show. I don't think they should throw away the search history like no, at and, all. And I'm sorry, but the dog case should be involved in this one it because it's not showing be you what she's capable of. Who? Why was she having sex with her dog? Like, this is so fucking nasty to me. Oh, my God. This woman is a sick woman, and I feel so sorry for her kids. There's so many photos of the kids that they were just the cutest, sweetest-looking kids. I just, I can't understand what would possess you to do that to your children. And clearly it was premeditated. She was Googling all this shit, trying to say that the her son was bullied, and this is, no. Like, she's pure evil just living amongst us and that is it is awful i just i mean how does someone like that why does someone like that get to have children like why like why do little kids have to Mm -mm. oh what a smug bitch yeah why do little kids have to i mean fuck life is hard enough like at least have your childhood be happy and i'm I'm so sorry. And like people who loved those kids, my heart goes out to you. Yeah. So I am going to keep up on this one. I do want to find out what happens to this bitch. I hope that she does get the death sentence because in my opinion, it takes a whole different level to kill children, especially Like your that own. too, because you know, they suffered. Yeah. That's like what it I'm takes about- a while to die from yeah. hanging. Like this is just terrible. Now y'all know I didn't want to share this during Christmas. It's yeah. just ugh. awful. I hate this story as well, too. It's awful, and I really hope that she that justice is served in this situation and that Lisa Snyder does not see the light of day ever again. I mean, I hate this woman. Yeah. Jesus. Well, next week, we're back to our back on our bullshit <laughs> with another. Hopefully it's lighter. <laughs> it is lighter because it's not true crime next week. Although, you know, I do like the true crime ones. It's taken it somewhere different, you know. Okay, so next topic, we're going to do online shopping fails. And I am so (laughs) excited about this one. If you bought a dress from China thinking that it was supposed to be like... (laughs) Not see-through and not paper thin. Right. Or it came in like 10 sizes too small or whatever. Not even just like a dress. Something that you bought and then you got it delivered and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I like it. 
So you can send those stories into blondemomentspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can slide in our DMs. Mm-hmm. So I will end with a blonde joke. I like this one. It's a little bit of a longer one. I apologize. It's okay. You know me and my long jokes. There once was a blonde who was very tired of blonde jokes and insults directed at her intelligence. So she cut and dyed her hair, got a makeover, got in her car, and began driving around in the country. Suddenly, she came to a herd of sheep in the road. She stopped her car and went over to the shepherd who was tending to them. If I can guess the exact number of sheep here, will you let me have one, she asked. The shepherd, thinking this was a pretty safe bet, agreed. You have 171 sheep, said the blonde in triumph. Surprised, the shepherd told her to pick out a sheep of her choice. She looked around for a while and finally found one that she really liked. She picked it up and was petting it when the shepherd walked over to her and asked, If I can guess your real hair color, will you give me my sheep back? The blonde thought it was only fair to let him try. The shepherd told her, You're a blonde. Now give me my dog back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>